This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in Melbourne's CBD. Today's big question, is Jesus worth following? My guest today is Sharon Chung. Sharon is a ministry apprentice with City Bible Forum. Her passions include helping young workers navigate the early years of their work life, connecting with women in the workplace, and utilizing social media. And she joins me now. Please welcome Sharon Chung. Well, Sharon, welcome to Bigger Questions. Thank you, Rob. It's great that you can join us, uh, even though you're here most weeks anyway. Um, Now, Sharon, (laughs) you use social media a lot. I do. What do you love about it? Social media is exciting. It's fun. It's always changing. There's always stuff to check out. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun way to connect with friends and connect with people who I don't know right. as well. Okay, yeah. Do you have yeah. a favourite um, app? I do have a favourite app. Yeah. Um, although it, it's a it's a tight battle between Snapchat and Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So which one would win? Right now, probably Snapchat. Snapchat. They okay. just brought out a new filter that changes your face into a burger. So <laughs> I find that really exciting. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> to kick off bigger questions, we like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. Today we're talking with Sharon Chung about if Jesus is worth following. Now, so Sharon, as someone who enjoys using social media, our smaller questions to you are, how much do you know about Twitter followers? Now, do you feel qualified to talk about Twitter? I don't, and I'm glad it's not the big question of today. Okay, right, yeah. We'll see here we go. Okay, there's two questions, both multiple choice. Question one, who has the most Twitter followers in the world? Is it A, Katy Perry, B, Justin Bieber, C, Taylor Swift, or D, bigger questions. Um, which of those has the most Twitter followers in the world? Well, no bigger questions is popular. <laughs> I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. Well, unfortunately, she is actually number three oh, uh, out of those three. There you go. Uh, it's actually the answer is A, Katy Perry. What? Yes, yeah, she has 100, 100 million followers on Twitter. Wow. She's a few million ahead of Justin Bieber and about 100 million ahead of Bigger Questions. Um, which, there you go. Yeah, which is hoping, something we're hoping to rectify. Anyway, <laughs> question two. Which Australian Twitter account has oh, the most followers? Is it A, Hugh Jackman, B, Miranda Kerr, C, Five Seconds of Summer, or D, Bigger Questions? Uh, which of those... Australian Twitter accounts has the most followers. Right. And we want to try to get you to pass here. So <laughs> no pressure. I'm going to say Hugh Jackman. Maybe not. Maybe try one of the other Miranda ones. Miranda Kerr. No, keep going. Wow. Five <laughs> seconds of summer? Yeah, five seconds of summer. Wow. That's right. Yeah, which is a surprise. I a different generation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, so five seconds of summer have 10.8 million followers. Hugh Jackman has a mere 8.7 million and Miranda Kerr, only 5.3 yeah. million. And bigger questions. There you go. Presently has about 16. Uh, although hopefully that might change. Um, anyway, so Sharon, you nearly got one of our, bigger, our smaller <laughs> questions right. So please give Sharon a big hand for attempting. Uh. Do you think you would have done better if it was on Instagram? Maybe not. <laughs> okay. But I'm feeling a lot of sympathy for past guests. Okay, right. Okay. About these quiz questions. They are really hard. Well, that was a hard one, so I'm sorry about that. But anyway, so Sharon, why do you think that we follow celebrities on social media? Firstly, they lead different lives to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it gives us a window now more than ever to... Lifestyles of the rich and lifestyles, famous. Lifestyles, yeah, and sort of live vicariously um, almost through through their journey. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's a, it's a point of connection for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. people that were um, 
previously unreachable. Uh, now you, you can like their picture, they might even interact with you, and, and I think that gives people a buzz. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So do you think they're worth following then? Depends what you're following them for. Like, I think entertainment value, absolutely. Yeah. Um, life advice, uh, depends who it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, got, you think there are some people who give better life advice than others? Yeah, I think so. So you're not such a big Twitter fan. You're more under Snapchat and Instagram. So who do you personally like following on social media? Uh, there's a couple of notable photographers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so why do you follow them? To be inspired, because uh, photography is something that I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so see an example of someone who is professional um, and learning like the art of doing really nice photography is mm -hmm. something that is inspiring when you see other examples of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Um, there's also a lot of like food blogs that I follow. Okay. Um, mainly now, this is really life advice because... Before, when I go to a new restaurant or a new cafe, I always look up their Instagram to see what the food looks like, um, what they've said about the food. And so that to me is a recommendation. So I, I follow it purely for that reason because okay. I trust their you, advice. You trust their advice, yeah. yeah. So why do you think that they're called followers on social media? I suppose they take them on a journey, whatever mm -hmm. that is, whether it's to find the best restaurant in Melbourne or whether that's to sell a new record or an album. Mm -hmm. And I also, the more you're exposed to what their journey is, the more your decisions and how you think about the world is shaped as well. Mm. So maybe there's a deeper element, I'm not mm. sure. Mm -hmm. Now Sharon, you've been a follower of other people, even as a child, uh, when you migrated here with your parents, uh, when you were three years old, in some ways you followed your parents yeah, to I Australia. Yeah, I didn't have choice. I suppose you didn't have much choice about that. <laughs> I suppose it's a good thing actually, rather than being left behind. Um, so how else did you follow your parents though? I remember, Growing up in sort of an Asian family, uh, there were a lot of rules because mm -hmm. um, I was quite a naughty kid. Sure. Um, I used to have real trouble sleeping or staying in my room and, 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 you know, not coming out in the middle of the night and playing with my dolls or whatever it was. Um, and so my mum would create this sticker chart for every night that I would not creep out of bed or anything. I'd, I'd get a sticker. Mm -hmm. And I soon learned pretty quick that the more I stayed in my bed, the more stickers I would get and the more rewards I would mm. get out of that. And you liked stickers? And, well, I liked Barbie dolls. <laughs> okay, right. And if you, yeah, when I went a whole month without, you know, creeping out of bed, then I, I would reap that reward. So okay. from a very early age, I knew that stickers there was... Were a, stickers were a rich currency for you. Oh, <laughs> especially the big smiley ones. Right, yeah. okay, yeah. And so you would get these stickers to get... What, rewards and things? Yeah, whether it was a doll or whether it was like a, a trip to a park. I mean, I, I was four years old at the time, so... But this went, this went on anything. though, it wasn't just at four years old that you got stickers? Yeah, this definitely went on well into like my study years as well. So if I got good grades, um, I would get extra pocket money. Mm -hmm. And I would also get approval from my parents. And mm -hmm. as a kid, you want to please your parents. Yeah. And you, I would much rather receive praise than than punishment from them. Sure. So. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so these things were what kept you motivated to, to achieve these amazing rewards, like a trip to the park or something? Yeah, and I think um, later on in life as well, I realised that, you know, the, the schools that I, were, that I was in, um, a lot of my life was shaped by this whole reward system. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if, you, if you followed a set of rules, then you would get the outcome that you or somebody else... Um, wants of you. So in what ways? What sort of, how did it manifest in your, yeah. in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so school's a pretty simple one. Um, so if you did your homework, if you handed in on time, 
you would be rewarded yeah. um, by good marks or whatever it was. Um, even in church life. Yeah. So I went attended Sunday school as a small kid. So you went to church as a child. Yeah, yeah. my parents were Christian. Are yeah. Christian, I should say. Yeah. Um, and Sunday school, every year at Christmas time, they would hand out these awards. Um, I didn't realise every kid got a reward, uh, got an award. Um, but if you attended every week, you would get an award. Okay, so there's an incentive there. Yeah. Did they hand out stickers? They did, actually. <laughs> That's right. But it was like a sheet of stickers. How did you get the stickers? How did you earn them? By memorising Bible verses each week. Yeah. Yeah. And so you did that? I did that in the car on the way to church right. most weeks. <laughs> okay. I'm very good at was, rote learning. It's in the short-term memory, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you got your stickers. I got my yeah. stickers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so this was part of your sort of childhood growing up that you would do stuff for rewards. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but this also went on not just in your childhood, though. Was this something that, as you got older, that you continued to follow? Yeah, I think what I realised was um, during high school, there were a lot of rules that were placed around me, mm-hmm. um, whether it was even for my hobby, so I really liked playing piano. Um, but even there, there, there was a subset of rules. Like if I wanted to earn a certain grade or, or get to a higher level in piano, I would have to subscribe to the rules of putting in lots of hours of practising. Mm. So is there, a, is there an attractiveness then in following rules? I think there is a certain attractiveness because it gives you a sense of control. Mm-hmm. Like if I follow this recipe, for example, I'm going to hopefully end up with... A MasterChef dish. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Maybe. That's yeah, right, yeah. I, I haven't tried it. <laughs> so, um, you know, or if you follow society's rules, um, you'll become successful. Yeah. And so you find comfort in that. I think you find confidence in that as well. Um, but as I said, like it really depends on what you're following and the method in which you're following mm-hmm. that thing. So you followed your parents as a child, but what else did you follow? You, you mentioned your peers at one particular point, yeah. but what other things did you, did you follow? Yeah, so a lot of my early, the early part of my life was following external things, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of switched when I got to uni. Uh, I had a part-time job. I didn't have to rely on my parents for money anymore. Mm-hmm. Even social relationships. Like at school, you're kind of stuck with the same group of people. Um, at uni, the floodgates are opened. There's like so many different people that you could mingle with. And I think instead of looking outwardly to seeing what kind of external rules um, I would follow, I started looking inward. Mm-hmm. So and what did I, you find? I pretty much followed my heart. Right, So okay. I went, this is what I want and this is how I'm going to get there. Um, yeah. And so, you, what was you, you were following your your dreams, so My to speak? Dreams, however you want to package it, like. Uh, um, what were your dreams as a at university? It was basically to to be successful, mm-hmm. uh, whether in relationship, whether in career, um, even in terms of faith. Uh, I think I, I wanted to, to be a model Christian. Right. Um, and so, so this five year plan sort of encompassed a lot of different areas of my life. Um, but the thing, the trouble with that was my heart wanted different things at different times. Right. And often it'd be quite conflicting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So how did that make you feel? Uh, lost. <laughs> um, confused, but also it made me want to distract myself from what was really going on. Right. So I would just take one thread or I'd take one desire of my heart and be like, okay, I'm running with this. This is going to be hmm. what I'm going to follow. Yep. And everything else will just have to fall in line with that. Right. Yeah. So, well, then how do we work out what that is that we want to follow? How do you work it out? I think like sort of what I mentioned before, sometimes you can sort of look external and see, well, what examples are out there in the world for me to follow? Who is someone that I admire, respect, um, how have they lived their life? You can also look inward 
to see, well, who, who am I really? What am I really on about? Um, what do I want to be remembered for? What are my desires? Um, and whatever is the strongest or loudest voice at the, at the, at the time, time, you kind of follow. And, mm. and you tell yourself, I'm going to commit to this. This is going to be, you know, what I'm going to live for. But you, in my experience anyway, I, I don't think I really knew how shifting that would be. Mm. So how did, that, how did you work that out? Or how did it manifest itself? During my university years, um, I'd formed a lot of friendship groups. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them sort of fell apart uh, once we all graduated and started working. Um, when I started working, I was surrounded by people who wanted to further their career in a very, very short space of time. So they would do anything possible um, to, to get where they wanted to go. And it was quite ruthless, really. Mm. Um, but I, I guess I psyched myself into the thinking, this is what I want to be doing because I've worked so hard to get here. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Um, I, I've just put in too much to give up at this point to, mm. to try and put my trust in something else. Mm. Um, and so I actually just gave up for a period. Gave up in what sense? Gave up following anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a really strong voice in my life, but I'm not prepared to, to put my trust in, in this, um, which was basically my, my method of following my heart and all of that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, because it's actually not as liberating as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. um, and I also gave up listening to a lot of my friends' advices um, because I saw how it came undone in their life too. Right. Um, yeah. uh, so you kind of left in a, a place of wondering what to do. Yeah, confusion, one mm. would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Today's big question, is Jesus worth following? And the Bible offers an answer to this question. Indeed, in chapter 10 of the Gospel of Mark, one of the four biographies of Jesus' life that we have, mm -hmm. Jesus is approached by a rich young man who asks what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus lists a number of commandments, and the rich man claims to have followed all of these since he was a boy. So, Sharon, how do you resonate with this young man's encounter with Jesus? Oh, I have a lot of sympathy for this young man. Yeah, in what way? Um... He's a rule follower. He's a rule follower and sometimes I wonder whether he was also an eldest child. Like maybe that's <laughs> okay. just something we do. I resonate with him because I've, I think similar to him, I've lived, I've lived in a community growing up where if you did certain things, um, you, would, you would become that thing. And get certain so, outcomes. Yeah. So, you know, if you attended church every Sunday, if you um, memorised Bible verses on the, on the way to church, um, that's what made all, you a Christian. All these done, you've done since you were yeah. a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, and, and I think I, I'm not as uh, brave as, as the young man's response when he tells Jesus, oh, I've kept all these since a boy. Because I think the difference between that is that I, I don't think I... You did. I did right. at all. Even though yeah. you got lots of stickers, you didn't quite yeah. do the... And yeah. I think at the back of my mind, I always wondered like, yeah, I'm, I'm a good Christian to a lot of my non-Christian friends. Mm -hmm. um, in my church circles, I was quite active, so people didn't... People didn't question whether I was a Christian, but I think deep down I kind of thought, I don't know if I died tomorrow whether I'd go to heaven. Right. I actually have no idea. So what happened? Yeah, so I guess back to um, when I was in that state of confusion, uh, it was about my second year of working. I remember my brother at the time, uh, I've got a younger brother. He's still your brother though. He's, st <laughs> he's still my brother, he's still my baby brother. And... Um, I remember at that time he started going to uni and he had joined a Christian group and he came home one day and he was like, 
Sharon, do you actually know what makes you a Christian? Like, do you understand what the good news of Jesus really is? And I thought, who is this young person telling me this? Like, <laughs> right. I felt quite Punk, offended. Right. Yeah, exactly. I felt quite offended, really. <laughs> um, but I thought, look, it seems like it's coming from a good place. So I, so I just asked him, like, why do you say that? And he said, well, I've just noticed that a lot of who you claim to be on a Sunday and the joy of being a Christian is, it is not reflected in other areas of your life. Um, you seem quite frustrated with mm. where your life's actually at. So how did that make you feel? Like Devastated. <laughs> <laughs> That's a challenging thing for a younger brother to say. Yeah, but I mean, my brother and I have always had a, a good relationship. Um, but at that point, I kind of realised that, look, unless it's coming out from a place of love, there would be no other reason why he would confront me. Um, and so I, well, I kind of sat down and or sat down with him and said, well... I don't know, why don't you tell me what the good news is mm -hmm. and how you think my life should look? Um, he came up with a better solution. <laughs> and, and I think at that point he thought, oh, I've, I've really touched um, a, nerve. a nerve there. He said, why don't we just read the Bible together? Mm. Um, and so we started reading Romans, uh, which is another book in the Bible. Um, and the author talks a lot about uh, what it means to be saved. Like, what does it mean to be a Christian mm. and how does Jesus... Um, offer a way for that mm. um, and for the first time in my life I, I actually read the Bible to know God mm. um, previous to that it was always I'm reading the Bible to earn stickers mm. I'm reading the Bible to prepare for a Bible study um, without really ever connecting to who the Bible was about mm. um, and and during that time I think it really became clear that God wasn't just offering a ticket to heaven he was actually offering himself so that you could be in a relationship with him. Mm. Well, in the Bible, Jesus, um, in this story, Jesus mm. looked at him and loved him. This is the man who came to him. Mm -hmm. And he said, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. So does this mean that you can't have money and follow Jesus at the same time? I must admit, when I was younger and I read this, I, I kind of thought, oh, well, that's it. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a Christian yeah. <laughs> if it means having to live in, in poverty. Um, I think what... Jesus is actually saying uh, is he's trying to expose what's really going on in this young man's heart. Um, I think another thing that I forgot to mention about resonating with this young man is if he knew that following the rules would, would allow grant him access to heaven, I'm not sure why he would have asked Jesus, how do I, how, how do I get into mm. life? Like if he already knew, then he wouldn't have had to ask. And that was exactly the position I was in, you know. If I had done all these things and I was still feeling unsure, that's the only reason why I would ask Jesus. Mm. Um, and, I th and I think what Jesus is trying to say is, well, your wealth is not going to get you in. There was a problem in, that, in this young man's heart, just, just as there was in my heart, um, mm. that, that Jesus mm. wanted to solve. But there still seems to be good news because Jesus goes on to say that those who sell everything will have treasure in heaven. Mm. So what is this treasure and how is this good news? First of all, treasure in heaven seems like a lofty thing to say, um, but perhaps it seems lofty because it seems very eternal, which is not what we see around us. A lot mm. of what we uh, pursue or a lot of what we invest in are things that will one day fade away, um, whether that's when we um, leave this earth or whether it's, you know, the McDonald's that I'm about to eat. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not lasting, yeah. right? Um, so treasure in heaven is, is one of those things where you're like, oh, this is something that's going to last. And I, um, I guess I believe that treasure in heaven is, is actually being in union with, with God himself. Um, 
And that's something that can never be taken away because mm. Jesus actually promises that mm. as something eternal. Now, questions come in which relates to this treasure, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, maybe this is, helps to think about it. Yeah. But why follow Jesus in particular? Lots of mm. people follow lots of different things. Following Jesus works for you, but yeah. maybe following something else works better for somebody else. Absolutely. I think my answer to that would really be, well, yes. Think, actually stop and re reflect on, on what it is that, um, that works for you. Um, because unless you stop and think about it and unless you stop and question, is this worth following? Mm. You're always just going to be caught up in, in a, a cycle of, well, I'll follow this thing until it doesn't work. Then I'm going to follow another thing. Mm. Um, and when that doesn't work, I'm going to follow something else. And I think what I've come to realise in my own life and in a lot of my friends' life as well is we're almost, you almost can't not follow you're always... Well, something. Yeah, you're, you're always pursuing something. But why something. should we follow Jesus rather... Why, why is Jesus the thing that you should follow rather than something else? Yeah, so I think Jesus is actually pointing to himself as well when he mm -hmm. talks about the treasure in heaven. It's, if, when you follow Jesus, you're following something that will never fade away. Um, and it does promise in different parts of the Bible as well that Jesus is, is sufficient. Um, he actually meets every need, which is... Every need? Every need, yeah. Yeah. Um, and perhaps needs you didn't think were there, he meets. And I think, yeah. So what needs did he meet in your life that you didn't think you, you had? The pursuit of identity, I think, and purpose and meaning. Um, because behind all my other pursuits, I think when I stopped to think about it, was an, an underlying current of wanting approval from other people and, and wanting uh, things that will make me feel validated. And following Jesus has actually made me realise that my identity is is a child of God if I accept Jesus as my saviour mm -hmm. and if I follow him. And not just wealth, but every aspect of my life has, has a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a purpose that I have to create myself. It's a purpose that God um, has, has laid out, you know, in, in the Bible. Mm. And, I, and I think that's something that fundamentally as a human to survive, um, it's something that gives me hope. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that is quite crucial Mm. Yeah. So Jesus in this story then asked the man to come follow me. So Sharon, what does that mean to you? For me, the picture of following is really taking one step at a time. You're, you're on a journey. You're not just, I'm going to follow Jesus from sitting here and, and watching Jesus walk on. You know, you really have to actively obey, I guess. Yeah. Um, obedience is, is a form of following something. Mm -hmm. um, just like following rules, I suppose. But but different to rules, you're actually following someone and you're actually following someone who knows you so intimately, who looks at you and loves you, um, someone you can trust. So when Jesus talks about different um, ways of loving God and loving other people, um, for me, following Jesus means to actually take that into account, reflect on how that works in my life um, and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's changed for you since you started following Jesus? The next couple of months after I read the Bible um, for myself and with my brother, the change wasn't instant. Like, I don't think people saw me the next day and go, oh, something's really changed about you. You've cut your hair or something. Mm -hmm. um, it was more a gradual change. And I think if you can see it from the surface, then God's already done a lot of work underneath that. Mm -hmm. um, so in my heart, I started realizing that my attitude towards different things had changed. Um, I felt a lot more free mm. um, in some sense. I relied less on what other people said 
um, about me. I started caring for things that I didn't really used to care about. Mm -hmm. um, so caring for the poor is one example. Um, I used to do a lot of charity work for a lot of self-serving reasons to, I guess, like to get skills or whatever it is um, to, to look good in front of others by donating uh, money. Um, but when I realised that, well, I don't have to build my own identity or brand anymore, like God has given that to me, mm. um, I can actually genuinely give because I care for these people. And mm. I think over time you you see a real heart change. Mm. Another question's coming. What does it mean to follow Jesus? That is, how is it more than going to church and being good? Yeah. Because um, was that what you were trying to do before, was it? Yeah. I think why it's good news is Jesus has come to actually completely change that around and say, well, it's actually not about what you can do um, in terms of being good, um, but it's that I've actually given you this new identity and I've mm. given you this new purpose. This treasure in heaven. Perhaps. This treasure in heaven, absolutely. And so you're actually motivated by, well, how do I live this identity out now? I'm not actually trying to earn it anymore. Um, I think going to church and doing good things uh, is a good way to to live out um, mm -hmm. your Christian faith once you understand what that identity is. Otherwise, it's just... There are so many different other options in this world. What's different about mm. Jesus and Christianity? And I think for me, unless you understand that um, that identity that it gives you, that that the creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with you, mm. um, then none of it makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So if Jesus had an Instagram account, would you follow him? Only if he posted pictures and hashtag like, heaven or something. <laughs> that would be pretty I think cool. most of his posts would have hashtag treasure in heaven, wouldn't it? Or maybe he'd do a throwback and post a selfie with his disciples. Sure, I don't know. okay. But yes, I would. So what's different about <laughs> following Jesus compared to following Taylor Swift on Instagram? Taylor Swift, props to you, girl. You make great music, but you probably, you, yeah, you have given some terrible life advice. Uh, <laughs> so it's very, very different. If I followed Taylor Swift on Instagram... I'm just another follower of however many million or billion. Following Jesus, he knows who I am and I have direct access to actually talk to him um, and to read about what he says for my life. You just don't get that pers like personal relationship with mm. a celebrity. So Sharon, mm. is Jesus worth following? He's definitely worth following. For me, he's become the only option to follow. Um, and not only is it I think good for for my identity, but it's actually good for the people around me as well. When I actually try to live out my life uh, with Jesus as an, exa as an example, um, it's, it's made me a better friend, a better daughter, a better sister, maybe a better employee. <laughs> <laughs> Let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the big question, is Jesus worth following? Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. I look forward to you joining us next time for bigger questions. Please thank our guest today, Sharon Chung. <laughs>